You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Every day, anything we do is Southern Miss To The Top. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Harrington and Jason Bailey. Here with your break from all of the high resource file propaganda and the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. I'm Jamie Harrington. He's Jason Bailey. Take it away, Jason. Greetings and salutations, my brother. It is it is game week. The, 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 the time is finally here. Uh, actually just got back from Buffalo Wild Wings where I got my brand new yard signs. So plan on putting those out in the yard tomorrow. And um, it's hard to believe, man. Game week is finally here. It's it's game week uh, or game day at the Rock Week. Yeah, I hope they don't do like they used to do where they would say it's a Thursday edition of Saturday at the Rock. <laughs> well, you know that's coming. I, and I get it. Like, you know, working game ops, and I know that you have your scripts you're supposed to go by, but that's just like a common sense thing I think you could – adjust on the fly you know right <laughs> i don't think that's something that we have to keep doing but uh, yeah i got my yard sign too i got mine from paris jewelers uh if you want a full list of the places around town where you can get a yard sign and there's a lot of places check out this our social media accounts as well as the uh, uh usm golden eagles um accounts as well the official southern miss athletics sites they they have them on there too they started giving those out on sunday so uh, when I, I went by Paris the other day, they had quite a few over there, and I think I was the first one to get them, if I'm not mistaken. But um, they, they are around town, so if you're coming in town for the game, you want to head over to Fuzzy Tacos, or if you want to head over to Keg and Barrel and pick one up, or Wild Wings, like you said, they will. Uh, hopefully, they'll have some signs left for you. So yeah, like you said, big game this big uh, big game this week, Thursday night, the first FBS versus FBS game of the year, Southern Miss. Versus South Alabama. That's Thursday, September the 3rd at 8 p.m. And this game will be broadcast on CBS Sports Network. You can find that on a variety of uh, outlets. And if you don't have access, so if you cut the cord and you're trying to just get by and still watch it, I think there are four or five different platforms you can get, like YouTube TV, uh, Roku TV, um, Fubo, where you can do like a seven-day trial. <laughs> so we've got three games this year on CBS College, so you should be able to just rotate out the different uh, free trials to take care of your CBS College, uh, excuse me, CBS Sports Network needs for this season. You know, and as far as that TV thing goes, uh, the last show that we did, I was talking about my uh, Weather Channel situation. I have figured out that there's a way for me to get the Weather Channel. I don't know what happened, but there's a new app called Friendly. Uh, F-R-N-D-L-Y, maybe. Um, they stream the Weather Channel, so I got it. Glued to the tube last week. Yeah, that, that was brutal, man. I, I actually I stayed up as late as I could, and then I just recorded it overnight when uh, Hurricane Laura. And if anybody listening uh, you know, was affected by Hurricane Laura, you know, you know our best to you. I, I know that's a, that was a hot mess down there in southwest Louisiana, and I don't know – that they're necessarily getting the attention they need right now. Um, but, you know, with thinking about all you guys, uh, gosh, it's going to take a while to rebuild. But, you know, if you if you live anywhere in the south within like a hour radius of the coast, you're, you're kind of used to this it, uh, for the most part. 
Yeah, I was uh, I was actually working in uh, around the Bay St. Louis area all day today, and I kept hearing on the radio stations down there there are different ways to uh, to help out. Um, and they were just talking about, look, these guys don't have power. They don't have you know a way to cook food. They don't you know they're probably not going to have any of these things for several weeks. Um, and we all know what that's about, right? So I, I wish I had the uh, the information right here in front of me. I will find it and I will get it to you so you can put it out on the Two Top Talk page. But um, yeah, they, they definitely it, uh, definitely need to stay in our thoughts and prayers and anything that you can do to help. Um, things like charcoal, right? Uh, they don't if they're going to cook something, they don't have any power. Charcoal is a pretty big deal. It'll be fifteen dollar grills that you can buy. I'm sure cash is always a good option. So anyway, I'll find that info out and we'll get it out uh, on the uh, on the social, trying to help uh, help out whatever way we can. Yeah, it sounds like a plan. So they released the game one depth chart this week, and just there's a couple of notable things on there. Let's kind of go through this a little bit because we really haven't had the opportunity to dive in to this roster as much as we normally would, given the circumstances with the no spring ball. Um, you know, with the guys who have opted out of the season. We had another one of those today uh, in Shannon Showers, the uh, mm-hmm. defensive back. He decided to opt out today, so he has entered the transfer portal. Um, but let's look at this roster real quick. On the offensive side of the ball, of course, you've got your mainstays. You've got you know, Jack Abraham starting at quarterback and then Tate Whiteley uh, as the number two. Um, it looks like we've got a lot of depth on the offensive line. That's something that we've kind of anticipated and you know there's a couple of really solid linemen that, that aren't in this too deep so let's kind of look at that a little bit so at left tackle it's either going to be trey johnson or, or Kalik washington uh both of those are big old boys uh, according to this which i know may not be entirely accurate they've got trey trey johnson listed at 67303 and Kalik washington listed at 65339 and then at left guard you've got uh, Bryce Foxworth starting. They've got him listed at 6'3", 307. Takeem Doss, the big boy, the big Juco guy they brought in, 6'5", 379, according to the <laughs> listed weights here. Then you got Trace Clopton back at center. Uh, Louis Smith backing him up. Then at right guard, Coker Wright is back in the mix, uh, 6'4", 282. And Hayden Sturdivant, um, we met his pops last year, 6'4", 315. And then at right tackle, Arvin Fletcher is uh, is holding that down as of right now, 6'3", 313. And then Jerquan Scott is uh, 6'4", 331. So we've got some size, some bulk. We've Hopefully this is the best offensive line we've had in, in, in collectively in quite some time. So we're, we're really hoping that's what it shapes up to be for this season. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do. Uh, we've got a full backfield as far as running backs goes. As of right now, the anticipated starter, Don Ragsdale, a 5'10", 205-pound, probably the best all-around back that we have, uh, played at Heinz Community College. Uh, then you've got Kevin Perkins, probably going to be our big bruiser, six foot, uh, 234. And then you've got D. Baker kind of as a change-of-pace speed guy. And then Frank Gore Jr., uh, the son of a legendary running back who's still active and playing with the New York Jets right now. Uh, Frank Gore, uh, Frank Gore Jr. has had a really, really solid fall camp, and uh, I definitely anticipate him being in the mix. And interesting tidbit here that you noticed on the depth chart: there's there is a number that uh, kind of ties all these running back, all four of these guys that are that are on listed here on the depth chart, then together. Well, this is the kind of insight that you're only going to get on t- at uh, to the top talk. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, every one of these running backs, uh, Ragsdale, Perkins, Baker, and Gore Jr. all have the number three in their name. You might say, hold on now. 
uh, Frank oh, Gore number, Jr. The, the number yeah. three in their number. Yeah, yeah. Frank, Frank Gore Jr. is 21, but two plus one is three, right? So you got Don Ragsdale at number three, Kevin Perkins, 33, D. Baker, 23, and Frank Gore Jr., 21. But like I said, two plus one equals three. So you're three, welcome. Three is a magic number. <laughs> this, episode, had, this episode brought to you by the number three. If I could get the old, uh, what was the the records they used to play, like Schoolhouse Rock? If I get the threes of Mac and just cue that right there and just have that start spinning. Sure. Be terrific. Um, then the tight end position. So we, we've got a little, we've got some depth at tight end this year. Uh, Grayson Gunner, a, uh, 6'5, 247 pound graduate transfer from the University of Arkansas. Yeah, he play, he's from Madison Central. He is, uh, you know, uh, anticipated to be the starter right now. Then you have Narikas Driver, who didn't get to play, didn't play much last year. I believe they were able to redshirt him. And Luke Baker, who is a very, very, was a very wiry guy last year. I believe he was about 200 pounds. Now he's 6'5", 240 pounds. And he is uh, supposed to be a very good pass catcher. So we've got some weapons there at tight end. And then at wide receiver, you know, you've got Tim Jones, who everybody's anticipating having another huge year. Uh, backing him up at one of those outside receiver spots is Brandon Hayes, the freshman wideout from Oak Grove. And I think that they are expecting big things out of him. He's had a really solid uh, fall camp. The other wide receiver position, this is a guy that a lot of the coaches have really bragged on, is Jason Brownlee, uh, Juco transfer 6'3", 192. Um, he's a guy that they're kind of uh, projecting to, to kind of tie down that other outside receiver spot. Uh, backing him up on the depth chart, Marquise McCoy, 6'4", 216 from Mississippi Delta Community College. And then at the other wide receiver position, we've got uh, Demarcus Jones, 5'11", 200 pounds, and Antavius Willis, a uh, 5'10", 173-pound uh, redshirt freshman. So it, the, the offense, we have some familiar names. We have some new names in the mix. But as a whole, collectively, it looks like it should be a pretty stout group. Right. Well, I think you're going to have to depend on, you know, your playmakers that are that are tried and true, like, you know, Tim Jones. Um, there, there's a whole, you mentioned that offensive line, I mean, there, there's a whole lot of size on it, but there's a whole lot of experience up there too. And, and not everybody is, is super old, but heck, it seems like Trace Copton has been here for a decade, right? I mean, he's a junior. He's taken every snap since he got on campus. Um, Coker Wright's kind of done the same thing th- well throughout last year. Um, guys like, um, he, guys got bang, like, he got banged up a little bit, but yeah, when he right. was, when he was available for sure. Yeah, and then guys like Arvin Fletcher have been around forever. Um, the offensive line has a ton of depth, and you know I think they're all going to like blocking for the run, too. Every time I talk to an offensive lineman, I say, what would you rather do? Would you rather run block or pass block? They say run block. And so hopefully we're going to do a lot of that running this year. Um, but the guys that I am most excited to see play, and I'm going to leave Grayson Gunner off this, even though I think he looks the part and could be awesome – we just don't use them that much. We never have. I know we got a new offensive coordinator. I got my fingers crossed and all, but I've had them crossed for like a while. So I don't know about that, but I, I'm, I can't wait to see Don Ragsdale out there running the ball. Um, and I can't wa- I can't wait to see Jason Brownlee, who, um, you know, every time I hear a report about this guy, he, he falls right into that Mike Thomas, um, Quez Watkins kind of frame. Uh, with speed, size, length, um, still hadn't seen him play with my own eyes yet. No, you know, nobody has except for the coaches and the players out there so far. But um, 
those are the three guys I think that that I'm most looking forward to seeing what they can bring to the table on uh, on Thursday. And Matt Kubik, the offensive coordinator you mentioned, I, I don't know. It just it feels like there's just a good feel about this guy mm-hmm. yeah, from, from what he's been able to do, what he was able to do at University of Louisiana Monroe. I think that a lot of our problems last year was were that we were so one dimensional, and even though we could, you know, we could take the top off a of defense once they got to where they could just pin their ears back and come after Jack, mm-hmm. um, you know, we it was it was feast or famine, you know, a lot of times. So. I think having this running game to take some pressure off of him and kind of open up that defense even more uh, will will hopefully that'll pay dividends this year. Um, but if we can make that happen, we don't we don't really have anybody on the schedule that that should just straight up out muscle us, you know, like sometimes what we'd have in the past with like an Alabama. Sure. Um, so you know, I feel pretty good about that. On the defensive side of the ball, we have a, a new defensive coordinator, uh, if you want to call him new. Uh, Tony Pecorero uh, was defensive coordinator here, uh, I believe for Hop's first two seasons, and he went off to FAU. Now he's back here, uh, taking over the defense. And there are a lot of uh, new names on the defense. This is where we we lost a lot of our um, guys who decided to opt out, uh, whether it was for injury or just not wanting to be here anymore. So I, I think we've got some depth issues at some positions, but a lot of these new guys, we have a, we're have we playing a lot of JUCO guys. So mm-hmm. A lot of these new guys should figure into the mix immediately. Um, we'll just go down the, the line here. We'll start with the defensive line. Um, the defensive end, Dominic uh, Quaywan, I think he's uh, there's, there's a lot of chatter about him. I'm backing him up. Terrence Cherry, I'm sure you'll see both those guys interchangeable. I was really looking forward to seeing what Terrence Cherry brought to the team this year. Then it nose tackle Taj Sykes. Got a little banged up last year. Um, and then backing him up is Andrew Cole. Both of those guys. So you've got Taj Sykes, uh, 6'3", 308. You've got Andrew Cole at uh, 6'4", 317. And then at the other defensive tackle spot, you've got Eric Kitchen, uh, 6'2", 286. And Josh Ratcliffe at uh, six foot, uh, 302 pounds. So we've got some size in there on the interior as well. At the wolf position, uh, this is a guy that I think a lot of people have uh, been excited to see. Uh, Avery Havis, he is uh, 6'3", 231, junior college transfer. And then right now backing him up, they have Devin Thomas, the son of former um, Golden Eagle stud Adelius Thomas. So we have some new names. We have some guys that should definitely figure in the mix up front. I am concerned about depth. Because one of the things that we're going to face at some point this year is there's going to come a time where we're going to have somebody test positive and they're going to miss one, if not multiple games. And then that's where you're going to have to figure this out. And in a position like the defensive line where we don't have the depth that we would have had coming into the summer mm-hmm. with the guys who transferred out. So that's that's a little bit of a concern with me as well as linebacker. Um, but, you know. We're getting to see football, <laughs> right? No, no, it's it's and it's an excellent point. Um, you, I mean, depth is always a good thing, anyway, just from an injury standpoint. But we have like this built-in, we know an injury is going to happen thing with with a positive test uh, with COVID, and then it's an automatic 14 day. So um, it's it's the the, the coaching staff is probably going to be scratching their heads a little bit. Uh, uh, is is you know as the season goes along and it wouldn't shock me to see maybe you know guys switching sides of the ball 
at some point. Um, not to say there's going to be a major outbreak, but but uh, there doesn't have to be. There has to be like you know two guys in the room, and all of a sudden you usually play three during a game. So you know it's it's going to be just it's uh you're going to have to shuffle the deck a little bit probably throughout the year. Um, and hopefully none of these injuries are, 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 are hopefully there's, there's no, you know, any, any like long standing tragic injuries, but these little two week spurts are, are like you said, they're absolutely going to happen. Um, so <laughs> and, but, at that point, yeah. Make no mistake though. It, it it's going to happen to us, but it's going to happen to the, some of the teams we play. It's going to work in our favor sometimes too. Sure. You well, know, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just a matter of, uh, it's just a roll of the dice, I guess. I mean, you don't really know when it's going to happen for either side. So, um, you know, like the other night with Austin P the first, uh, FCS game of the year, uh, some of their star players, not only, so they had some of their star players that tested positive, but they also had to sequester the, um, sequester. What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> they also had to quarantine, uh, their roommate. So you had a couple of guys just because they roomed together and they had just tested positive. They didn't have time to really go through, you know, everything you need to go through with that. So they, they had a couple of guys set out. So that, that's something that you just, it's just going to be something we just got to deal with and move on. Um, linebackers, the two linebacker positions right now, middle linebacker, they've got, uh, Santrell Latham, a, uh, you know, redshirt junior from Meridian. He's been around for a while. And the other starter is, uh, is Swayze Bozeman, uh, 6'3, 228 pound, uh, junior, a uh, senior out of Colin Community College. Backing them up. TQ Newsom, who is a uh, from Gulfport, he mm-hmm. originally came here as a running back. They moved him over to linebacker in the offseason. And then backing up Swayze is uh, Hayes Maples out of Oak Grove High School. Then in the secondary, this is where we've got some, some new guys that have come in right away and just established themselves. So at the nickel spot, uh, Natron Brooks, a Juco guy, I believe – I don't have it in front of me. I believe he came from Colin. Um but he's he's coming and taking over that nickel spot. Backing him up will either be Tyler Barnes or Tyreek Moody. Uh, then at the strong safety, Malik Shorts uh, is back again. He's a redshirt sophomore. I feel like he's older than that, but he's not out of Bassfield. Uh, backing him up, they've got a JUCO guy from uh, Jones Junior College, J.D. Rutherford. Free safety position, probably the the stud of the defense, Kyle Hemby. Then backing him up is a Memphis transfer uh, as a graduate. Uh, Josh Perry. Josh Perry was a guy who started at safety for Memphis for a little while. Then last year they decided to move him to linebacker. That didn't really work out, so he left as a graduate and came here and has had a really good fall camp. At the corner positions, okay, this is this one here is 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 kind of a shocker to me. So your two starting cornerbacks are JUCO guys. You've got Eric Scott, and then you, who's who's done really well. Then you've got Cameron Harrell, and Cameron Harrell originally went to Iowa before going JUCO and is here now. So that means that uh, the starter for the past couple of years, Rashawn Mitchell, they've got him at second string right now. Now, I know that these depth charts that are given to us are often fluid. Um, I'm sure all of those guys will play a lot, uh, but I did find it interesting. That's not somebody that I expected to see um, listed as the second stringer, even though he may not, he very well may not be when you look at all the snaps at the end of the game, but it's interesting. So we've, we've got some talent there and, uh, also, in that uh, other corner position, uh, the backup is Vincent Brown, a freshman uh, out of Texas. So, who who are you looking? Who are you most looking forward to watching as far as from that uh, that defensive secondary of the uh, newcomers? 
really all i mean the guy you know you know what kyle Hemby brings you know what malik mm-hmm. short brings so eric scott cameron um Harold and Natron Brooks, all three of the JUCO guys that have come in, I'm really curious to see what all three of them bring to the table. Because, um, you know, there were times last year where we did struggle in the secondary. And, um, you know, if, if these guys are able to come in here and establish themselves the right way, you'd like to think that, that they're going to put us in a better position than we were in last year, I would hope. So, um, really, yeah, all three be, uh... of those guys. Right, and I'll be pulling for Kyle Hemby. I mean, how can you not pull for this guy? We interviewed him last year before uh, the season started with the uh, in, in media day, and he just owned the interview. He was awesome. Um, and then, you know, love the way he plays also, but just such a good guy. But I'll tell you an interesting thing about looking at this depth chart here. It's strong safety. The backup is J.D. Rutherford, right? This is this is how you know when you're starting to get old, Jamie. Uh-oh. <laughs> because uh, – Here we go. So So – um, one of my friends in college, uh, this is her son. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like I'm that far removed. I feel like I can still meet these people and be their friend and, you know, go places and do things. And literally I did that with this guy's mom. So, uh, but don't get me to, I mean, you know, he's a hell of a player and I can't wait to watch him get out there and go. But at the same time, I'm like, wow, you know, <laughs> and I've got a four year old. So anyway, it's uh it's crazy, but I'm I'm you know I know that he was that he was super pumped uh, to get the offer. Um, she's a diehard Golden Eagle fan, so their whole family is, and uh, to have the chance to put on the black and gold is really cool. It's a little bit extra special for me just because I have that tie, but um, but yeah, it's <laughs> it makes you feel a little bit older for sure. On special teams, uh, kickoffs, right now they've got Briggs Bourgeois with Andrew Stein backing him up. Plays kicking duties, they have both those guys, Andrew Stein and Briggs Bourgeois. But, you know, you, you don't have to worry about guys losing their eligibility this year, so you can play whatever kickers you want. Um, at punter, they, it's, right now they've got it listed uh, three ways, Peyton Snyder, Parker Colburn, or Mason Hunt. So you've got a, a couple of guys there in, in the, you know. Ready to go to punt the ball this year. Uh, deep snapper TJ Harvey with uh, Justin Hewlett backing him up. Uh, holder Peyton Snyder with Thomas Morton backing him up. Kickoff returns. They've got both uh, D, D Baker and Don's Ragsdale back for uh, kick returns. And then for punt returns, they've got Tim Jones as the starter with Natron Brooks backing him up. So there you have the week one depth chart. Obviously, there are a lot of players that we didn't mention. Obviously, there are, there are players that we didn't mention who will be in this too deep uh, within the next few games. There's going to be it's going to be a f- very fluid, I would anticipate. So. That's kind of what this Golden Eagle roster is looking like for this first game coming up this Thursday night against South Alabama. Before we get to that, let's touch on this real quick. The updated Conference USA TV schedule was released, and uh, as of right now, all all of our games but one is tied into a TV network. Uh, The one that's not tied into a TV network, Liberty, and I would anticipate that they would have no problem wanting us to watch. So, Liberty? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Uh, so let's look at this. South Alabama on uh, September 3rd on CBS Sports Network. Then our next game, we have a, a bye, and then then on September 19th, we come back to take on Louisiana Tech at home. That game scheduled right now to be on ESPN Plus slash ESPN3. The next three games uh, against Tulane at home and then at North Texas and then at home against Florida Atlantic. All three of those are slated to be on Stadium. Then we go to UTEP on the 17th of October. That game is on ESPN Plus slash ESPN3. Liberty, 
they'll let us watch. Then on Halloween, we come back home to take on the Rice Owls on ESPN Plus slash ESPN3. Then North Alabama, the following week on November 7th, is on ESPN Plus slash ESPN3. Then we go to Western Kentucky. That's on CBS Sports Network. Back uh, at home against UTSA on the 21st of November. And then we go to UAB on November 27th. That's a Friday. That will be on the CBS Sports Network, and that is supposed to be UAB's last game, and I guess our last game too, unless there's like a Birmingham Bowl possibility, but that's UAB's last game at Legion Field. So, Well, I like that schedule. Um, so, you know, I think we've done this every year, but I, th- I think we usually say the ceiling and the floor. Let's just, you have to do that. Kind of assuming that we play all 12 games, because um, that's kind of that's still kind of up in the air, right? Yeah. So, but if we do assume that we play all 12 games on the schedule, and there's so many other factors with possible, you know, positive tests and injuries and whatnot, but you know, in a perfect world, where do you see our ceiling and our floor? You know, not to put you on the spot, but you know, I kind of put you on the spot. If I had to guess, I would say I would say nine and three would be my guess. There's not a game on here that isn't winnable. I said, you know, so I, I mean, if if you have an absolute ceiling, it's twelve and zero. But because there's not a game on here that that you, you look at and you say, well, we're not going to win. We can't win that one. But mm-hmm. um, and then your floor. I mean, it, it's I guess a lot of that really depends on what all goes down. I'm uh, just kind of looking at it. I think we should run through South Alabama. Um, Tulane will probably be tough. Um, Florida Atlantic will be tough. Tech, they lost a lot. UAB will be tough. So Rice will Western, be a lot better. Rice will be better. Western Kentucky. I still would say, I think a seven and five year would be a disappointment, but that would be my floor as of right now. Now, you know, with COVID, anything, you know, that, sure. that could all be up in the air. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's hard to even it's hard to even pose the question honestly. Yeah. But you know, like I said, I mean, I think we framed it the right way. If in a perfect world, if everything goes uh, right, you know, as far as being able to play all the games, and assuming we have you know 22 people to suit up, uh, then yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. There's there's not a game on this schedule that's that's not winnable. That there's not that that automatic. Even if we think we got a chance against Auburn, type of payday game. Um, you know, you can probably normally, we normally we chalk those up as losses here lately. Um, even though, you know, we have a, a legitimate shot to win the game, but if you're looking at the schedule beforehand, but I'm just looking at a whole lot of nothing, you know, Western Kentucky, yeah. hate them. Uh, they're tough. Just, yeah. J- just, just ask that coach last year. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I think, I think eight and four, nine and three is probably about where we end up. Either side kind of the point there. Yeah. Have. It's kind of time. It, it is really time for, for Jay Hobson to put this thing together. Um, and, you know, there's no matter what you think about Jay, um, I think we would all admit that, you know, wins and losses wise, you know, it's just it hadn't been good enough so far in, in, in a Southern Miss world. I don't I don't. And that's, and that's not, you know, that's nothing against anybody involved. It's just not. Um, seven is just not going to get it. Not around here. Not when championships are. Well, it's been 2011 since we, since we had a championship. 
Yes. Then we've played for played for one since then. That's not good enough. So uh, this year with this schedule, especially all these games at home, I know we're not going to have the normal game day atmosphere and, you know, advantage uh, that playing in the rock gives us. But still, it's not on the road, you know, so. I think me and you make enough noise for at least like 11 people. So <laughs> in in all likelihood, I mean the season, the the division, the, the conference, uh, excuse me, the division is likely going to come down to that last game of the year against UAB. And UAB got a transfer from LSU today that they cleared right away and he was supposed How to be in the starter. World? Right. How did I don't know. I just saw that the tweet. Uh, I don't know. So I mean they were already going to be tough. Um, you know, that that gives them a little more of a a little more to work with there. So I, I think that, you know, we could be looking at a situation where that game's going to be for all the marbles. If that's not a girlfriend situation, then we need to check some records from <laughs> checking books some some balances at the bank. <laughs> well, you know, they have a good medical school there. Maybe they've got a vaccine or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What's her name? <laughs> Valerie, the vaccine. <laughs> So let's talk about this game coming up this Thursday night. Let's talk about some game details. We're going to talk about the, the game. We're talking about South Alabama a little bit. But before we get to that, let's talk about some game day tips, some things that uh, – just some some recommendations that we have. Uh, Jason, why don't you get us started? Well, you know, I was uh, – and you brought up a lot of things that I didn't think about when we were talking about it before the show. But usually this time of year, anybody who listens to the show knows that this is the week that I usually give my tailgate tips about getting your tent out and dusting everything off and whatever. Um, well, obviously, we can't do that this year. So as I was driving around today working, I uh, I thought that I would just give out a real quick version off the top of my head of the places that I would like to go. I'm probably going to be sitting in my house drinking beer um, before the game. But if I get out, these are the places that I might go that day and the things that I might do while I'm there. Number one, 4th Street is my favorite bar in town. Fourth Street Bar, uh, right down the street from the Rock and the baseball field. Um, if you go there, say hello to Slade, Mel, Booty. Uh, they got the best nachos and the redfish sandwich around. Um, if you're adventuring towards downtown, Nelly's. Nelly's, uh, Nelly's has the best chicken strips around um, and the best daiquiris. Uh, in Midtown, you have Mahogany Bar. Um, it's really just a little piece of New Orleans that place is. I don't know how else to describe it, but tons of beer choices. Uh, very, very classy establishment. Everybody knows about the hog. Um, walk-ons came to Hattiesburg a couple years ago. If you go there, I recommend the Boom Boom Shrimp. Um, Southern Miss just plastered all over the walls there. They have like, uh, shots from, from basketball and baseball and they've got it up as wallpaper. It's pretty cool. Really, uh, really cool place over there at walk-ons. Glory Bound, right across the street from the Rock. Maybe the closest that you can get to the Rock, honestly. Glory Bound. If you go there, I would uh, highly recommend the cheese rolls. Um, the cheese rolls are the bomb. Um, they have beer specials all the time. They have these things called fusions, which are – I don't even know how they make the fusions, but it's like uh, fruity, alcoholic stuff, and they put it all together, and it's fantastic, so it gets you a fusion. Mugshots, that's kind of the go-to. Um it was definitely the go-to back when I was in college. World famous burgers, outside and inside seating, tons of beers on tap. Say hello to Ron when you get there. And then the last one I had on my list, I know I probably forgot a bunch of them, but the last one I had on my list is the Keg and Barrel. Uh, maybe the coolest place around in Hattiesburg. Huge place, inside, outside seating. Um, if you like beer, I would definitely go to this place. They got like 100 beers on tap. 
It's fantastic. Um, those are all places that I think that you could go before the game because we know you probably can't go after the game unless some, unless a miracle happens and we pull that 10 o'clock uh, curfew thing. So if you're looking for somewhere to go, you can't go on campus to tailgate. I would probably go to one of those places I just mentioned and and uh, and and you know enjoy in a spaced out fashion all of the beer and food. I want to add Fuzzy's Tacos to that. Oh, Fuzzy's right here in Midtown also. And you're, the Midtown, the whole Midtown project is right there. You've got that. You've got a sushi joint. Um, I don't know if – I'm not sure if the Midtowner is open or not. Um, that's some heavy food if, you, if you're going to – Well, and the bar, the bar at the Indigo, the uh, – dang, what's it called? The, uh, mm. sl- the Slippery Monkey. <laughs> no, I don't know what. Yeah, guys, it's the brass hat. Brass hat. Brass hat. Yeah, you and you can me? go go in the lobby and you can pet a dog. They they have, usually have some dogs they're trying to get rid of. And they have a Are million the, different kinds of old fashions there. If you're an old fashioned guy, which I'm not, but I've been forced to drink some when I got there, and they're awesome. And if I like them, I'm not even a whiskey guy. So uh, the old fashions are fantastic. And this hat. isn't. And this is not for this game, but just to make. The, the 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 people who usually come to town aware um robert st john has a new establishment that's supposed to be opening up in october um it's going to be it is it's replacing the purple parrot so they shut the purple parrot down and they are replacing it with a tex-mex slash mexican restaurant called el rey and the inside is supposed to be ready in october and I think the out they're going to try to do a lot of outside seating. I think that will be ready in November, if I'm not mistaken. So that will be another nice addition uh, to the to the establishments we already have in town. Did you say Patio 44? No, I didn't. Like I said, off the top of my head. Uh, yeah. But, and yeah, just, that, that's another awesome – you know, is that not the coolest thing about Ashbury? I can run through this list like this of the places yeah, I normally absolutely. go. And I can just totally miss a couple. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. And I'm kind of, and I'm, and I'm thinking game day. I usually try to do something in the proximity. So if right. you're not tailgating, that's, that's those are probably the, you know, the places to go. All right, uh, next game day tip. Before you go, set up your Google Pay, Google Pay slash Apple Pay slash Samsung Pay. Just wireless ways for you to be able to pay uh, when you get in the stadium. Uh, this will make it easier for you with concessions. Now I believe they will be taking, you know, chip cards, but they're not taking cash. And uh, I believe they're encouraging some of these options. I haven't even set up Apple Pay yet. I looked at it the other night, but my credit card was not in arm's distance, so I just haven't done it yet. But that's something I want to do before Friday, before Thursday night. Uh, now, I was going Friday. to, I was going to ask you how to do that because I don't have it either. I mean, obviously I have a chip card, um, if that's good. But you, but the Apple Pay, that's where you just kind of hold your phone up to the thing, if and it just got- all works out. Do you know you have an app on your iPhone that says Wallet? I do, and I downloaded my tickets to that the way you told me how to do it, and it worked great. So, so I feel super advanced. If you go in there, you can add your credit card to that in there, in the wallet. There's a place where you can add your credit or debit card. Um, and then you just hold your phone up, and it just happens? That's my understanding. It's going to be a learning experience, but I've never really trusted it. <laughs> But, uh, well, I definitely know. don't want to get there and then be serving beers and me walk up and not be able to get said beer. Exactly. That's why I'm said. That's that's why this was a game day tip. Well, that's good. We should we do more research that on that. We should do more research on that before Thursday. Um, my next tip: respect the precautions. I know that this is going to. Be, I know that there are some inconveniences with this, but we're getting to see football. Um. When you, you know, you're required to wear your mask when you move around. 
please socially distance in the stands. Please wear your mask as much as you can in the stands. You don't have to wear it while you're in your seats. But, you know, take a breather. Put it back on if you if you, if you you don't mind. This is a really, really good opportunity for us to be visible. This is probably, be going, probably going to be one of the more visible games we've had in quite some time. Um, I think it would go a long way because we want football to happen the rest of the year. And if, if, if this doesn't work, if we can't make this work, it's likely not going to work. <laughs> So, uh, you know, take your precautions, wear your mask as much as you can. I, I don't want to, you know, it would be really embarrassing for them to pan the crowd. And then you just see a bunch of us Bubba's, you know, all hanging out together in a, in a circle King of the Hill style, you know, no <laughs> mask, anything else. So just re- respect the precautions. I know there's going to be some inconveniences. Everybody is inconvenienced, but we're lucky to be having this at this point. So, you know, for for all of us, do what it takes to make this work. Because, uh, like I said, if, if there starts to get to be outbreaks, and, and I anticipate after after Labor Day, we, we've kind of brought the numbers back down. But I think after Labor Day, I think we're going to see them go back up. And um, you know, we don't want we don't want that. This is special to us. We don't want that to interfere with football. So yeah, yeah. Well, I don't want to interfere with basketball either. Yeah, and I don't. And, I mean, and, and this this is a jumping off point. And look, and we don't know, right? We aren't experts. We do our research and all that, but um, I mean, we do know it's not going to hurt our chances by doing this, right? No, not at all. Absolutely, so. absolutely. Those are the main things you can do. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it. We have a chance to look really, really good Thursday night, and uh, I'm getting just, my hair. Just, I'm I'm getting my hair did. Are you really? No, at the Elysian Salon. <laughs> I would, right? <laughs> I don't know. I think I gotta get, a, I I gotta get a, a an appointment about a month ahead of time. Seems like yeah. seems like she's doing great over there. She's she's killing it. She's killing it. Awesome. Okay, so so that brings me to my next uh my next game day tip: bring an extra mask. I hmm. um I bought. I mean, I think I've got like a whole arsenal of masks now. But I got two black ones, and I was like, I can, you know, it, it's going to be hot. It's going to be early September. It's going to be right before Labor Day. So bring two masks. You're gonna, they're going to get sweaty. They're going to get nasty. You know, make it so you can change it out, at least keep yourself comfortable. Hell, bring four masks, one for each quarter. I don't care. But bring bring more than one so that you have the option to change them out if you need to. Very, very good point. I wonder, is there any way we can get some two-to-top talk masks? Do people make those in like uh, in bulk? Like if we they go probably, to where 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 we get the uh, t-shirts? Uh, we got them from Elite Screen Printing, but for two the top talk masks, we need some two the top talk money. And uh, <laughs> yeah, well, hey, hey, but 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 you know, this is for the this is for the people. It's for the people. And I went by a Campus Bookmark today, and they had some masks there uh, up near the counter. I would imagine that I don't know if they're going. I don't know how they're doing it, so I don't want to say that you can go to uh, Barnes and Nobles on campus. I'm sure they have them there. I don't know what their hours of operation are. I don't know what their protocol is with game day and everything, but if they're open, I would imagine they'd have them there as well. And it wouldn't shock me. Sometimes they'll have merchandise booths, which given the circumstances, I don't know if they're going to do that or not, but wouldn't shock me if they had them for sale somewhere in, in and around the stadium as, as well. So, uh, but you know, definitely not a bad idea to bring a couple extra masks with you mm-hmm. just in case. And so you can change those out. And then my last game day tip, prepare, be prepared for this to be different. This is going to be a different experience. You know, your tickets are, are for a certain section 
they, you know, this is a thing about personal responsibility. You're expected to just be responsible. Sit six feet away from other people. You know, wear your masks. As, as, you know, when you're in transition, when you're in your seat, wear it as much as you can. You don't have to, but you know, wear it as much as you can. Uh, this is going to be a different experience. There's, you know, there's not going to be a band marching on the field at halftime. You know, there's going to be a lot less people on the field than normal. Um, the crowd, obviously. We've had some comparable crowds at times, I will admit, but for the most part, this is going to be a smaller crowd than we're used to. Um, so this is going to be different. Just accept it for what it is and, and have a good time. I plan on having a very, very good time. I wouldn't expect anything less. I've, I've already started having a good time. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> having a good time with yourself. All right. Um so let's talk about uh, South Alabama. The the line came out on this game. It is currently somewhere between uh, 15 and 15 and a half points in favor of Southern Miss. So we are expected to win this game by at least two touchdowns. Uh, I think the, the first line I saw came out was about 13 and a half points. Then I saw one at 16, and now they're kind of all teetering between 15 and 15 and a half. So. Um, we are expected to win this game, so hopefully we all have a lot of fun Thursday night. Jason, you did a little research diving in to the University of South Alabama. What can you ta- tell us about the Jaguar campus? Okay, so South Alabama. Everybody knows the University of South Alabama. Uh, if you didn't know, they are located right down the road from Hattiesburg, about 90 miles in Mobile, Alabama. Their enrollment is 15,093, very comparable to Southern Miss. They were founded in 1963, actually became Division One in football not too long ago in 2013, so kind of brand new. Uh, notable alumni from the University of South Alabama feature, feature several uh, familiar Major League Baseball players. Um, you might have heard of these guys, Juan Pierre, Marlon Anderson, David Fries, Luis Gonzalez, Lance Johnson, John Lieber, and Mike Mordecai, all uh, current or former Major League Baseball players. That's a pretty uh, uh, that's, that's a pretty good list right there. Pretty impressive. And also on the PGA Tour, a guy named Heath Slocum. So I know that there's probably other like you know Supreme Court justices and stuff like that. But anyway, for for our listeners out there, I thought I would just stick with the baseball and uh, golfer uh, baseball players and golfers. So I'll, I'll throw you, yeah, I'll throw you one more. Okay. Uh, wrestling manager Paul Bearer. Also. Paul Bearer Bryant? No, just Paul Bearer. The, oh. He used to manage The Undertaker, and he used to carry the urn to the ring. And he used to... Oh, never mind. <laughs> the fireball has kicked in. It's <laughs> good stuff. Uh, Gerald Everett played with the, the Rams. Uh, Twitter friend, Laura Calluette, she's, a, she's an actress. She's been in a couple – she was in that movie with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Um that but one? other than that, other than that, just a lot of baseball players. Good lord! <laughs> I know, right? I mean, like we like to think that when we do, we have a top-notch program here in at Southern Miss. But uh, I mean, this list of players is is pretty crazy. It is. It's pretty stout. Mm-hmm. You know what I think of when I think of South Alabama? When I think of that university, I think of speed traps. I think of all the times <laughs> that I've tried to cut through there, and I'll go like, I don't know. It, I'll be going like the speed limit will be 45 and all of a sudden it'll cut to like 15. And then <laughs> there's like a cop will jump out of a bush and right. give you a ticket. It's, uh, that's what I think of when I think of South Alabama. Just all those times in the summer where you just get in that, that line backed up all the way to Wilmer and then you have to kind of try to make your own detour. That's what I think of. 
Yeah, you know, honestly, when I think of South Alabama, I think of a hell of a baseball team and a hell of a basketball team. Uh, I also have always known that it was right down the road, and, I, and for the longest time, we always knew that it was right down there, but they didn't have a football team, so they weren't really um, – it's weren't like a, a legitimate university, honestly. If you don't have a football team, right? Uh, now they got one. Now it's right down the road. And and but when it's all said and done, we we're probably going to end up in the same conference. I think it just makes too much sense regionally uh, the way this thing's going. So maybe this is the jumping off point. This is the first time ever, right? First time ever we we have met on the field. Okay. Yeah. So football. so yeah, we're very familiar with them in other sports. This is the first time to play them in. In, in our sport. Um, so, um, yeah, looking forward to it. I, I, I hope that, you know, hope we go out there and we handle business. Obviously, Southern Miss, you know, we can we can kind of lose to anybody. Uh, I, I always thought that we could stack up against anybody, but I think that we could, you know, lose to anybody, too. We've, we've proven that through the years. So hopefully this is a, not the week that we that we do that, um, especially with uh, I don't know how bad South Alabama is. I know that I was looking at their record from last year, two and ten. Uh, I think they're one and seven in the Sun Belt, but with the lack of practice that everybody has had so far, with Southern Miss having a new offensive coordinator, um, with having so many players opt out that were starters from last year, to still be favored by a little bit north of two touchdowns must mean you're pretty bad, you know. So I, I hope Vegas is never really that wrong. <laughs> so let's hope they're not, but. Um, but I would love it if Southern Miss could come out and make a statement this first game on national TV uh, that, that you know, South Alabama is nowhere near the level of Southern Miss. So I think it can happen. I, I probably think it's going to happen. But, you know, there's always a chance if we don't show up that it won't happen. So let's try not to make that happen. Well, you, and, you know, you know when, you, when you're playing a team that's an hour and a half away from you, there's a little something extra there. So, you know, you, you can never really look past anybody. That being said – uh, th- this team was not great last year. They they lost a lot. Uh, they had a lot of re- you know returns that didn't come back on the defense particularly. They've got some guys coming in. They've got some really good linebackers, some really really stout linebackers. Um, I believe their starting quarterback is going to be a guy named Desmond Trotter. He was uh, kind of brought in towards the end of the year and ha- really had a really really solid um, last part of the season. I think he was in there the last four games. Looking at his statistics, efficiency rating of 151.84. He uh, he had 56 completions on 92 attempts uh, for a percentage of 57.7, throwing for 820 yards, eight touchdowns, and uh, two interceptions. So really not that bad statistically for a select few number of games. His competition, now you mentioned having the, the tie to J.D. Rutherford. So mm-hmm. his competition at quarterback, it's been a little bit of a quarterback battle, a kid named uh, Chase Lovertich. Chase was the quarterback last year at uh, Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College that won the championship. Um, but prior to that, he was the quarterback at Jackson Prep when my little brother played at Jackson Prep. So uh, – Chase Lovertich, definitely in the mix, a, a little bit smaller of a guy, but, uh, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't shock me to, for him to see some action at some point this year, but I think they're counting on Trotter to be the guy. Um, looking kind of at a st- statistical comparison, just to give you an idea. So this is from, these are last year's stats, obviously, since we haven't played a down yet this year. So looking at the USA, let's start with the South Alabama offense against the Southern Miss defense. So scoring last year, uh, they scored, averaged 18.4 points a game. Our defense gave up an average of 26.2 points per game. 
Uh, first downs, they averaged 18 per game. We gave up 17.3. Rushing yards, which I think this is their bread and butter. They're, they're a team that likes to control the clock. Uh, they averaged 171.4 yards rushing. We gave up 115.8. Uh, yards per rush, they averaged a little over four yards per uh, rush. We gave up an average of 3.45 yards per rush. Um, passing yards. They only had 158.8 yards per game. We gave up 236.7 yards per game, which is not bad. <laughs> sure. Uh, total offense, they only had 330.2 yards per game. We gave up 352.5. I'm not going to get into the yards per play, uh, third time percentage, stuff like that. But, the, but their stats last year were not entirely overwhelming. Um, as far as off our offense versus their defense, our offense averaged 26.6 points per game. Their defense gave up 30.7. Uh, first downs, we averaged 18.9 per game. They gave up 21.3 per game. Rushing yards, we had 117.5 per game, one of the lowest in Conference USA. Uh, they gave up 192.2 yards per game. Um, passing yards, we had 289.5 per game. They gave up 216.6 per game. Total offense, we're kind of neck and neck on that. We averaged 407 yards per game. They averaged giving up 408.8 yards per game. So, um, you know, statistically, obviously a record not overly impressive, but they've had some time to, to work on it in the offseason. Uh, I believe that they have a brand-new defensive line, so I, th- I don't know – how that's going to play out, especially with us having a little more of experienced offensive line. Their linebackers are top notch. Um, they got a couple of guys. Let me pull up their depth chart here. Uh, one of the guys there, they, they call it the bandit position, kind of like we have, but it's, it's, it's a linebacker. Uh, Chris Henderson is a guy to, to watch out for. And then they're, uh, one of their other linebackers, who I believe held that bandit position last year, Riley Cole is another guy. Those are kind of their uh, – you know, stars over there on defense. So, you know, it's hard to really say just because, I mean, we're just looking at sheets. We really haven't done much. I've watched this team last year, maybe a game or two, but uh, I really can't tell you a whole heck of a lot about them other than the stats and, and uh, you know, what we've seen on their depth chart coming out. Well, what I can tell you is they threw for 150 yards through the air on average all year long last year. So if I'm – um. <laughs> you know, if I'm Swayze Bozeman, if I'm uh, if I'm Avery Habis, um, I'm kind of you know pinning my ears back and coming after you. I mean, if all we have to worry about is 150 yards through the air, then you know it's time it's time for the nasty bunch to do what the nasty bunch does, and uh, and, and 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 also that means you can crowd the box, right? Well, I would, but you you know. A lot of that came with their other quarterback that they had. I mean, mm-hmm. he started the majority of the season. So this other quarterback was a little more uh, a little more successful. So I don't know if you can fully judge that on that, but this is a Steve Campbell team. He mm-hmm. does like to run the ball. He does like to control the clock. So you would anticipate that's probably the route they're going to go on the, on the majority of their plays. And Steve Campbell's a hell of a coach. You know, we all remember him, uh, or we should remember him from when he coached at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. And I believe they won a national title when he was there also. Um, he, he really just dominated the junior, junior college ranks back in the day. Um, went on to coach at Delta State and Central Arkansas. So um, he, 
he's kind of coming back to his own old stomping grounds too, right? Um, his name was mentioned. I think this might have been back when uh, back when Bauer, um, back when Bauer left. I, I want to say that, that Campbell's name was kind of thrown around a little bit, but didn't have any any Division One experience at the time. So who knows? He might have. You know, this is a big game for him too. So it's a guy that can coach. Um, it's a guy that's 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 proven he can do it. And it's, it's a guy's probably hungry to do it. So, you know, that being said, I'm still looking at 150 yards through the air. <laughs> and, and I know it's a new guy throwing the ball on his new whatever. Uh, prove it is what I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. They lost They lost uh, their leading uh, rusher last year. So their, their leading returning rusher, Carlos Davis, uh, 61 attempts, 269 yards, averaged 4.4 yards per carry uh, with two touchdowns on the year. Um, then receiving uh, their top receiver, uh, Kawan Barker, 35 receptions for 574 yards, averaged 16.4 yards per reception, and had three TDs on the year. So those are their uh, leading returning offensive guys. So I would hope, I would hope that we would be in pretty good shape there. But you know, that's why we play the game. You, mm-hmm. you can't, you know, this is why we suit them up and play. And I really, honestly, we we usually talk about the line every week. I would like to see us just achieve what's expected of us. You know, like mm-hmm. you want us to win every game, but but uh, some of these games were, you know, there were a couple games last year where we were favored, sometimes significantly, and we lost. So I would just like to see us at least do what's expected of us. You know, here's what I'd like to see. Uh, I have no doubt we're going to make big plays on offense, big plays on defense. I want us to limit those on the other side of the ball. That's been the Achilles heel. I mean, you know, Jack will look great, then Jack will throw three picks. Uh, the defense will just stuff everything forever and then give up a 96-yard run right up the middle, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. And, and that, that's it. And, and a lot of that started back when Tony Pecorero was kind of running things too. We looked just like the best defense on, in the, on the planet for 98% of the game. Then there's two plays that killed us. So that can't happen. Penalties have been a problem throughout the Jay Hobson era, honestly. Um, and then you've got a lot of new guys in new positions issues. I mean, it wouldn't shock me to see that somewhat continue, but you would hope that you would get it under wraps at some point. So if I, I guess if 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 I had you know if if I had my three wishes from the genie, I guess I would say you know zero picks from Jack, um, very limited if not zero uh, big plays. Uh, given up by the defense and run for, run the ball for 200 yards. That'd be three three good wishes. I'll take them. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> Some other notes uh, this week. Uh, Conference USA announced they are requiring three COVID-19 tests per week for the teams. And then prior to, to game one, they are having a team-wide antibody test. So I know we talked about concerns a few weeks ago with how we were handling COVID. It appears that they're going to be getting three COVID tests per week. So hopefully everybody is, uh, you know, taking this seriously and, and we can have a successful season. Another note this week, uh, Picasso Nelson Jr. was released by the Miami Dolphins. That's the only one I've seen thus far in the uh, National Football League. I've been trying to post some photos from around the league every week uh, just so we can keep up with these guys. But, you know, there's no preseason game, so you can't really get any stats or anything like that. But, um, you know, I know a couple of guys have had some really good plays in practice. And uh, to Michael Harris yesterday in a Colt scrimmage had a pretty solid game. Uh, Mike Thomas has had a few catches. Quez Watkins. Um, so 
I'm looking forward to seeing what these guys do on the field uh, next year. Jason, do you have any any shout outs? Um, yeah, I would like to give a shout out uh, real quick to CFB Campus Tour uh, on Twitter at CFB Campus Tour. Uh, this guy, um, I don't know him, but he uh, we follow each other on Twitter, and uh, he he actually bought season tickets. This, this is one of those guys that's, that's planning on going like going to every stadium in the country. I'm not exactly sure where he lives. But I think he had, he has Southern Miss on his on his uh on his schedule for this year, and this year is going to be the kind of the toughest year, right, to get tickets anywhere. <laughs> um, so what he did was he bought season tickets, um, because it's such a good deal. I want to say if you get them in the upper deck, it's like a it's like ninety nine dollars for the entire year, ninety nine dollars for seven games. I don't know how you could ever pass that up. But anyway, this guy bought the tickets. Um, just go ahead and give him a follow on Twitter if you want to. It's a pretty good follow at CFB Campus Tour. Um, I hope this guy and whoever he brings with him has a, uh, has a great experience at the rock. It's going to be a little bit different this year, a little bit watered down from, uh, from what it normally is, but you know, that little place is special to a lot of people. And I hope that he gets to witness just a little bit of that. Yes, indeed. And remember, you know, we talk about tickets, so we, there is a 25% capacity as of right now, probably going to be, if I had to guess, I'd probably say that would be in effect all season, but as of right now, we don't know. But I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe you still, there still are some season tickets available in what they have allotted. So if you need tickets for the season, it's not too late to at least give it a shot and call and see if they're available. I've had so many people hit me up these past few days looking for tickets. Yeah. And it's, same. you know, it's, it's, $100. Uh, hundred dollars yeah it's 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 really not a bad not a bad deal at all so uh give the ticket office a call if you are still interested in tickets um you know and 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 we'll try to look at there are people who can't go to the game so forth and so on we've we've tried to help move some tickets around to to get those seats filled um but if, if you have the means to do so call the ticket office well, let's shut it down. Follow us on Twitter at to the top talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington, Jason at bumper, pumper J Bailey. We're on Instagram as well. All right, Jason, Thursday night. We're, we're, we're almost to the, we're, we almost to the finish line. There's almost, we're almost to where we're going to have football. It's, I know it's been up in the air now for quite some time, six months, whether or not we were going to actually get to watch football at the rock. Do you have any final thoughts? Uh, I can't wait to hear some ACDC up in the rock. Uh, I can't wait for Thursday to get here. I can't wait to uh, completely disappoint Chad Dickens because I just saw on Twitter where he said he's going to be tailgating in my parking spot before the game. Whatever, bro. I'm not going to be there till about an hour early. But anyway, <laughs> it's good, man. The, the time is here. Um, it's going to be a uh, record temperature of 95 degrees that night, but the game is at 8 o'clock, so uh, it can't get here quick enough. Um I'm looking forward to listening to the band in the stands. Uh, you know, everything about it. I know we're going to have to do like some air high fives from across the way, whatever. That's cool. I want to see us just, you know, kick the hell out of South Alabama and get this season started off right and see where we can go from there. Uh, you know, come out, have fun, wear your black and gold. Please take the precautions seriously um, just because we want to keep this going. And, and two, we, you know, but this is a good thing about uh, the football, which I've kind of said all along, even though we haven't had episodes, is that it's outside. And this virus is known to be transmitted airborne in the way it transmits. So being outside is excellent. So 
you know, the opportunity the, the opportunity is here for us to do this right. <laughs> so if just 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 please respect everybody around you, take the precautions, have a blast. I mean, we are one of nine thousand people that are going to get to watch FBS football in person mm-hmm. Thursday night. So it's uh it's a real treat. This is a great opportunity for the university. I think we have a solid team. Like I said, there, there's so many factors in play that I'm not really worried about how good or bad we're going to be. I'm just glad we're getting to watch these guys play. So come out. Let's have a great time Thursday night at the Rock. If you can't, watch it on TV. We'll try to find a way to get you in at some point throughout the season. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk.